There is active legislation in place today to begin a digital currency that would replace all forms of currency. Is that evidence of the mark of the beast? Are we on the doorstep of the end times? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm glad that you clicked on this video. I'm sure you're intrigued by the title, so I hope you enjoy it. If you would, go ahead and like this video. You can comment any thoughts or questions that you have and share this with other people because you're going to see we need to be ready for the end time. So share this with others. Uh, I can't wait for today's topic. Yeah, me too. It's intriguing and uh, not one we talk about a whole lot on here, but we have uh, been picking up the intensity of this kind of subject mm-hmm. in our church. So yeah. I thought we'd do the same thing here. Yeah, especially as, again, our podcast is Live Him Out. So yeah. we want this mentality yeah. of how do we live out our faith? How do we educate and motivate those yep. watching this yep. podcast to live out their faith uh, even on this topic? Yeah, especially in this day and time. Yeah. So no question that um, believers have believed for a long time that we are nearing the end times. Yep. I think you know even the disciples of Jesus mm-hmm. thought that as well. But as years and generations have passed, that has become increasingly more the case. So it's been around for the decades that I've been alive. Uh, I became a believer in the 80s, and there was a lot of talk then about Jesus returning and when that happens, of course, then there's talk about rapture and uh, Mark of the Beast. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I come to Christ and there's a series of movies that have come out back in the 70s. We've mentioned before uh, A Thief in the Night, A Distant Thunder, and they're doing their best. And 70s technology and 70s uh, understanding yeah. uh, to understand what that end time would look like. Yeah. It's it's kind of science fiction-y, of course, uh, almost dystopian yeah. As we've come to know, future, of course. And so as the decades have passed since then, anytime there were there was war in the Middle East, there was a flurry of new books and mm-hmm. speakers are hitting the circuit to talk about the end times. And it seems to ebb and flow along with whatever's happening in culture in the last four or five years, however, with the decline of um, morals and uh, departure from Judeo-Christian values in the United States, um, that question has again risen to the surface. You know about the end times. Are we approaching yeah. those? And you see things happening globally now that before could not. Yeah, uh, they were not even physically possible. It wasn't even on the immediate horizon. But all of that has changed. So again, you, you that kind of discussion usually comes up about a one world government. Antichrist, Mark of the Beast, and then Rapture and Tribulation of the Church, Return of Jesus, all of those elements. But I've seen something just this past week on uh, some news websites. And I thought, okay, well, the first time I saw it, this is just one. So interesting, but an anomaly. Mm -hmm. The more I searched, I thought, okay, this is not just a one-time or one One news source topic. This is mm-hmm. greater than this. This is something I saw on Fox News website, Forbes magazine, Bloomberg, and uh, and some others that are not as well known, but it's out there. And here was the here's what I saw: yeah. that there is legislation in process to move toward a digital currency for the United States. Not just the United States, but yeah. in other nations. In fact, yeah. some other nations are further along than the United States yeah. is when it comes to this subject. And you're not just talking about Bitcoin or no, no, not, Dogecoin. Not, or- <laughs> as we're going to see here in just a minute, we're talking about a, a brand new way to have currency yeah. exist yeah. that would bring an end to all other. This is not, mm-hmm. again, yeah, you're right, not just Bitcoin, yeah. but this would be the elimination of Physical currency mm-hmm. as we know it. Yeah. There would be no more paper, no more coins, yeah. no more checks. Yeah. And this isn't just conspiracy theory and not just propaganda from a certain news source outlet no, or whatever. But be- I mean, because I also looked on the Federal Reserve Board government website and this topic is there. I also looked on the White House website wow. and this topic is there. Wow. So. Do a little bit of research. Yeah. And I'll give you. I'll give you some yeah. key words here in just a moment. Click back on this video after yeah. you go. <laughs> but uh, let's set this up because 
Uh, it's just it became very intriguing to me in a different way. Again, yeah. I, I've I've read the books, listened to the the preachers, gone through some scares, set, and then I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I was I was alive and and walking through the Y two K scare, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know uh, Jesus returning in the eighties, Jesus returning in the nineties, war in the Middle East, all those kind of things. Twenty twelve, exactly. World. There's so much, but let me just I want to read to you. I know we don't normally just read lots of text here, but it's necessary, I think, for the subject. I want to read to you from the Fox News website this week. And here's what they say. Under the leadership of President Joe Biden, the White House and the Federal Reserve have started to lay the groundwork for a programmable, trackable, easily manipulated digital currency. It might sound like something from a dystopian science fiction novel, but it is all too real, and it could soon change life in America forever. They go on to say, in March 2022, the Biden administration released a sweeping executive order that directed numerous federal agencies to crack down on digital assets, including popular cryptocurrencies, as well as to study the potential, here we go, of a central bank digital currency. So... Uh, From here forward, it'll be referred to as the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. So one bank and a digital currency. Yeah, not Uh, like a literal bank that holds all the stuff, but a most likely online AI-controlled, who knows? (laughs) True. CBDC, gotcha. A CBDC would not be a digital version of the existing paper-based dollar, but an Mm -hmm. entirely new currency that would exist exclusively in a digital or electronic non-physical mm-hmm. form. Wow. Now that, I just got to stop and try to wrap your mind around that for just a moment. So yeah. if that happens, it really wouldn't matter if you had saved up a, you know, a, a ground load full of silver dollars in your backyard, you know, or some cash or food, food, <laughs> silver, gold. It kind of wouldn't matter at that point uh-huh. because there would be this brand new currency yeah. Everything else would be yeah. null and void. Yeah. Again, like if, if you wanted to exchange goods with another person, cool. Yeah, help it, yourself. You know, if I want to buy something from you, yeah. and I say, here's a certain amount of gold, yeah, because there's a good, and you can give me this, yeah, cool. However, if it comes down to the government is is not going to accept a little, here's some gold, yeah, but they say no, nah, digital currency, yeah, here's a new standard, yeah, yeah, it's, that's so, different. Yeah, let, let's read some more. This is from the Fox News website. Unlike uh, with decentralized cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. such as Bitcoin, mm-hmm. every transaction made using a CBDC could be easily traced to individual users by financial institutions, mm. government agencies, and or the Federal Reserve, depending upon the details. So if this happens, a digital currency could be completely trackable. Every yeah. transaction coming in or going out would then be able to be monitored and analyzed. Yeah. Additionally, because a CBDC would be digital and programmable, rules could be imposed that limit spending or approved activities. So if the federal government or Federal Reserve were to determine that Americans were buying too much gasoline, for example, it could stop people from using CBDCs at gas stations with a click of a few clicks of a computer. Wow. So now you're talking about a digital currency and one that is controllable. It's monitorable, but also controllable Trackable. as yeah. far as not just how much is coming in or out, but it. who can get what, who yeah. can spend what, and who can receive what. Yeah. That's just Central all, bank digital currency. That's just all um, a bit alarming yeah. at, at this it, point to think, okay, this, yeah. this changes the rules for everything. Yeah. One aspect of it, you say, wow, easy, simple. Mm. Everyone, you can just Mm -hmm. go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do any conversion. You go to Europe, you go to China, you go to South America, you go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's all the same, all the same price. Mm -hmm. What does that mean about inflation? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) CBDC, all central bank digital currency. Right. Controllable, programmable, trackable, traceable. Yep. Every bit of that. There you go. Let's go on. Perhaps most disturbing, this is from the article, Fox News website. Perhaps most disturbing of all, however, is that under most of the CBDC designs discussed by the Biden administration and Federal Reserve, 
So in other words, it's already being discussed. Mm-hmm. Nearly all forms of ownership of CBDC money would also be strictly limited. So they're going to limit the amount that you can have. Mm-hmm. Trackable is one thing, but limiting Limited. now, they're going to determine who can have mm-hmm. what and how much they're going to have. Back to the article. Only large institutions such as banks, the federal government, and or the Federal Reserve would actually have ownership of CBDCs. Everyone else would be prevented from having absolute control over their digital money. Now you're now there's no more control. Yeah. You have it, but you can't control it. You have it, but you are there's limitations on it. You have it, but it's tracked. Mm-hmm. It's yours, but it's not. But it's not. So Back to the article, but because CBDCs would only exist in digital form in a deposit account and because they would be programmed to feed data to government, there would be no way for you to physically take CBDCs out of a depository account, store them privately, own them directly, or use them without being surveilled by a large institution. So you actually do not not own your money. It's not yours. Regardless, back to the article, regardless of where your CBDCs are held, it's likely the federal government would have access to data about your purchases and other information. A design choice of CBDC supporters say is necessary so that officials can limit criminal activity. And they are the ones determining what criminal activity is. That's the subjective part is criminal activity. The only significant privacy questions that remain in the minds of those who support CBDCs are about the extent of the data collection. So there you go. Those that are working on this obviously have no moral qualms about doing this. Mm-hmm. They don't see any problems with it. They see all the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. It's just the amount of data collection that there will actually be. So, all right, so that's out there. That's the Fox News version. Again, you can find many other websites yeah. that report about this. You can read about it. The government website, Federal Reserve, it's all out there. All of that is very troubling. Yeah. Um, you know, take out kind of the end times discussion we're about to have. It's troubling anyway. It's the loss mm-hmm. of individual ownership. Yeah. Uh, it's a loss of freedoms. It's the loss of just privacy mm-hmm. in general. This gives government the ultimate big brother authority mm-hmm. over your life. Uh, who can receive, who can spend, where you spend, how much you gain, how much you earn. Um, it is the ultimate in the power of man attempting to take the place of God. Yeah. We will control Everyone and mm-hmm. everything. We yeah. will determine who yep. goes where, does what, buys yeah. what, receives what, mm-hmm. sells what. Yeah. It's troubling. Yeah. Not particularly the right to own, not particularly the uh, pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. happiness. All that goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Constitutional values yeah. and uh, is all gone at yeah. this point. So troubling. Uh, again, this is the stuff that uh, in, in, futuristic end times movies was written in attempt mm-hmm. to be portrayed and you looked at it down the road and you thought, wow, that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy that that could happen. I don't see how it could happen, but mm-hmm. that's wild. So it's just, it begs the question. If it yeah. shows up all of a sudden in our headlines, <clears throat> what do we, we yeah. got to ask some questions yeah. about all of that. And again, like <clears throat> with, with an article like this, with a topic like this, it's, you know, been, <clears throat> we're not the first ones to ever talk about this topic, yep. obviously. We could go a bunch of different directions with this. We could talk yep. about how evil this is. We could True. talk about, you know, wow, they're taking away all freedoms. They're taking away rights. They're, yep. you know, this is an agenda that's being pushed right. to, you know. Control. Yeah, control. Mm-hmm. Take over all this kind of stuff. We could mm-hmm. talk about that for 45 minutes. and <laughs> Or longer. You'd yep. get somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or we could <clears throat> talk about how damaging this will be to a nation, to individuals, mm-hmm. to a government, all this <clears throat> stuff. Right. We could talk about how this puts all the power in the government and removes it from the people, removes it from the individuals. Again, we could spend time yep. talking about that. And yep. We could get somewhere with it. Yep. Uh, we could talk about how to you as a Christian, here's how you prepare for this day. Yep. Look for this, buy this, mm-hmm. don't store, do this. Store yeah. this, whatever. All this kind of stuff. We could talk about that. Could. And you may leave <clears throat> feeling a little comfortable. You may leave with a little bit of a plan, but a lot of fear. Yep. Uh, we could also talk about how the church as the church should prepare for this day and what we should teach yep. and how we should stand and what we should do, all this kind of stuff. Yep. We could do all those we things. We could do all that. Yeah. And it would it would be interesting. But yeah. I want to go in a different direction today. I want to yeah. I want us to learn or take away three things 
from the fact that this is in the news and this um, this is not just in the news. This is not uh, something yeah. that catches the somewhat knowledgeable believer by surprise. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think three takeaways from this is what I'd like to focus on yeah. today and how, again, how do we live out our faith based on this? Yeah. So one, yeah. uh, I would say this. This kind of news today, um, though it might be appearing for us with a little bit of a shock in the news, does not catch God off guard. Mm-hmm. This is actually what the Bible has foretold. And when you stop and think about that, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. That here again is something that the Bible does very well. Uh, in fact, it is perfect in its scorecard. Mm-hmm. It prophesies <laughs> and it gets it right every yeah. time. Yeah. And so we know. Um, from the book of Revelation, which written about the end times, but written in the early times. Mm-hmm. This is written by uh, the disciple John. Mm-hmm. He's on the Isle of Patmos, and he is a prisoner because of his faith. And he's writing at a time when the possibilities of a one-world digital government ownership, controlling everything in the entire world is just would have to seem a bit much. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure it's like, Oh yes, Rome. But it's like, I can't comprehend that over the whole planet. And again, where they can control that much. Yeah. So John writes what the Holy spirit is showing him. uh, And here's what he writes in revelation 13 verses uh, 16 and 17. He's writing about these end times. He's writing about a day that there'll be a ruler who will rise up and he will be evil. And he says in that chapter, verse 16, he says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. I'm sure John was writing that like I don't I don't understand all of this, yeah. but this is what the this Spirit is, is saying. This is so what's I'm going happening. to write yeah. it. But the fact that he's writing this at a time that is so archaic, electronically, digitally compared to today, yeah, technology is yeah. is is fascinating. Yeah, that here he is being moved by the Holy Spirit, as the mm-hmm. Bible says, to write these things, and now we are seeing them come true. Mm-hmm. We yeah. are seeing the reality of that discussion and the reality of the technology yeah. to make this possible. It's not like we have to wait much longer Mm-mm. for this to have to come to yeah. play. We we're we are merely a few flip of switches and decisions yeah. of governmental powers, and this is this is all possible yeah. today. Yep. I mean, sure. we're all we've all become very accustomed to uh debit cards yeah. you know, already. So Chip. Yeah. read on your, you know, yeah. the Apple Pay. Apple Pay, whatever. So pay we're already, on Amazon, where it's just like you're not even doing anything. You're just like, oh, this is already saved. I'm just literally just hitting a button, and now it's here at my door. It's like, yes. cool. So we all know that's a reality already. Mm-hmm. The, the shift to what John prophesies is not very far away. Yeah. So when you see these headlines today, uh, though it may be alarming, one thing it should do in us is say, yep, here's the Bible one more time being incredibly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It just confirms one more yes. time. If you needed one more reason to believe that yeah. the Bible is true, here it is. Mm-hmm. The Bible foretold yep. this day would come. Yeah. While at the same time saying, wow, you're telling me if John predicted th- predicted this back in the book of Revelation and <clears throat> I haven't believed in this part of the Bible or mm-hmm. this part of the Bible mm-hmm. or this part of the Bible, okay, maybe I ought to like reassess what I think <laughs> about this stuff. because. Yep. That's crazy. Like we can understand again if like someone in the year 2000 or like 1999 was like, oh, here's Y2K and all this stuff. And I'm seeing like digital things coming out, computers and all these things. I can see how maybe one day there was some digital currency that takes over everything. And here's how this might play out. You know, someone writes that down 2000. It's like, okay, wow. Maybe. That person really thought it. Like, you know, if if they wrote that in 1999 and then today we're here, 2023, we're like, that person was really thinking. That's really cool how they did that. But then you think about someone in like 1900, if they wrote that and yeah. they were like, you know, no electronics, basically, no cars, no right. nothing. And they're like, 
hey, one day the world is going to have just <laughs> one currency. Yeah. And it, it's all controllable at the same yeah. time. And then as you entered, you'd be like, that's insanity. And there's yeah. no way. And if it came to pass, you'd be like, okay, that had to be like divinely inspired. That's crazy. True. You know, that's just a hundred years, you know, yes. 123 years. Yeah. You think 1800s, 1700s, yes. 1615, 14, like the Christopher Columbus day. If someone wrote that in Christopher Columbus's day and age and it came to pass, you'd be like, that is divine. Something, something there. 1400 years earlier than that, 1400 yes. years before Christopher Columbus and all this kind of stuff. Yes. Someone wrote this down and it's yes. been passed all the way down to us and we're seeing it come to pass. Yes. That's got to be divinely inspired. It has to be. It has to be. And if that's divinely inspired, then okay, what else has all been divinely inspired? All of the rest inspired? of it is exactly. as well. Yeah. And, exactly. and John doesn't stop there. Uh, there's much more, of course, in the book of Revelation. In, in mm -hmm. chapter 20, he writes about this one more time, and he includes a lot more. Uh, he says in verse 4, he says, I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So John's seeing just mm. unbelievable things that uh, is being un unveiled and revealed for him. Yeah. And part of what he sees here is a time when this mark is in place mm -hmm. and apparently uh, is required by governmental authorities so much so that if you do not receive it, if you don't participate with it, that you are beheaded. And he even defines it and says, this is because of their testimony for believing yeah. in Christ. Yeah. So then there's he's foretelling there's going to be such a period of calamity that this digital currency won't just be associated with good times and prosperity. No. They'll be associated with some very dystopian times mm -hmm. and themes and Evil yeah. ruling, yeah. evil rulers who demand everyone on the planet yeah. to participate in this. Yeah. And if they do not, they lose their life. They're beheaded. Yeah. Those are some pretty dramatic events taking place. And John is foretelling all of that. And again, just validating one more time that the Bible is incredibly accurate, authoritative, and true. Mm. So uh, these headlines... Alarm you? Maybe. Uh, confirm in you the Bible's true once again? Yes. yes. Do that. Definitely. Do that. So I, I was reading um, something from a, a man named Peter Stoner. He wrote a book called Science Speaks. And in it, he talked about uh, the probability of Jesus fulfilling even just eight prophecies. So there's much written Old Testament about yeah. Jesus. He, he did some scientific mathematical research to see what would it take, what would be the odds of one man actually fulfilling just eight things said about How him. How you do those odds, I have no clue. Yeah, that's, but, that's beyond me, but uh, it's the kind of thing that mathematic and yeah. scientific people enjoy and yep. are gifted at. So what he discovered is the odds of that happening, uh, of any one man fulfilling eight prophecies written over time, um, was a number that... He called 100 quadrillion. So it is uh, one to the 10th power with 17 zeros. So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. This is, I'm sorry. It's one in 10 to the 17th power. Is what I meant to say. So the odds of that happening is one out of 10 to the 17th power, <laughs> which is one out of 100 quadrillion happening. And he, that's we can't even grasp that no, what that even means. No. So what he did is he he came up with an illustration. He said, which is almost just as ungraspable. Yeah, this will be this is crazy, but it, you can get your head around a little yeah. bit at least to what one hundred quadrillion is. Mm -hmm. He said, if you were to take um, what he let's see, what did he use? Was it half dollars, silver, silver dollars. dollars, silver dollars, which you don't see much anymore? No. If you had one hundred quadrillion silver dollars, like yeah, <laughs> yep. He said, if you were to fill the state of Texas with those, just laying next to each other on the ground. I mean, I can't even grasp that no. already. Um, he said, 
fill the entire state of Texas border, you know, border to border, edge to edge with that, and then stack another layer on top of that, another layer on top of that of those same silver dollars to the to the time that it was, or to the depth of two feet, so twenty four inches, you know, deep of silver dollars across yeah. the state of Texas. That would be one hundred quadrillion <laughs> silver dollars. He said, "Now take one of those and mark it." Toss it in it and stir it all up. If you could somehow stir up the state of Texas filled with silver dollars. And then he said, blindfold someone. Tell them that marked coin is somewhere out there in the entire state of Texas. You go find it. The odds of that man blindfolded finding that coin in the entire state of Texas two feet deep in silver dollars. He said, the odds of that is one to 100 quadrillion. That's the odds of Jesus fulfilling it's just just eight prophecies. Eight. I say all that to say the odds of the Bible foretelling an end time uh, dark future like this with a digital currency that limits and prohibits spending and then all of a sudden it is actually now talked about as a reality in our culture today. Yeah. How great are those odds? They've got to be related to that as yeah. well. All of that, to me, again, affirms, if you needed even greater confirmation, the Bible is accurate. The Bible is true. And if it is accurate on this subject, it's accurate on every subject. So if the Bible is true about prophesying that Jesus would live, if the Bible is true about every prophecy about the death of Jesus in Mm -hmm. the way he would die, if the Bible is true about the resurrection of Jesus, which Jesus himself foretold, if the Bible is true about foretelling troubles in the end times, if the Bible is true about the coming governmental controlled financial system, if all of that is true, then every other subject is true as well. It would have to be. Yes. So whatever the Bible says about marriage is true. Whatever the Bible says about gender roles, they are all true. Whatever the Bible says about raising children, prayer, seeking God, giving, uh, honoring God with our possessions, spiritual gifts, being the church, standing boldly in our faith, trusting God in hard times, believing believing God's word, all of that has to be true as well. You're not going to find anything in it that's not true. We might come to it and can't understand how it's true, but it's that doesn't true. make it not true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Who could have? No one else could have fulfilled what Jesus fulfilled, and yeah. many others might have thought that's that's crazy talk that someone could yeah. fulfill all of that. That's crazy talk that all that could come true. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Well, you might say that about the prophecies. You might say that about the principles and the truths, but they are all true nonetheless, mm-hmm. and that ought to reaffirm in us yeah. every element is true and trustworthy. Exactly, yeah, and that's exactly what we do here at Vertical, obviously, with yeah. even with the podcast. We are here to say all of the Bible is true. We yes. adjust all of our life to yes. the Bible. We don't adjust the Bible to mm-hmm. our life. Mm-hmm. That is our passion as teachers of the word for the church. That's yep. my passion for student ministry specifically. I mean, that's what... Yep. That's what we do is we elevate the Bible and we bring our life under it. And that, you know, for gender roles, for marriage, Mm -hmm. for prayer, for Mm -hmm. being obedient to him, to Mm -hmm. God's promises, to being the church, to standing for truth, to trusting in God, even in hard times, all that stuff. That's what we do in the student ministry here. That's Mm -hmm. what we do in the children's ministry. That's Mm -hmm. what we do with the men, with the women, with Mm -hmm. the whole body. Yep. That's what we are about, you know? I heard this interesting illustration this morning um, that not just an illustration, but a fact out of history, is that Thomas Jefferson, great man in our nation's past, mm-hmm. uh, very formative for even life as we know it today, mm-hmm. that um, he had read the Bible and he believed much of the Bible, but he did not believe in the miracles of Jesus yeah. and um, uh, much of the the bigger stories, the miracles of the Bible. And so he actually took... Um, a Bible and cut out all of those stories so that he just had the life and the philosophy of Jesus yeah. without the miracles. The great moral teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought, well, that's, that's fascinating because that 
<clears throat> sadly, a lot of people do that. They're yeah. willing to take some of the Bible, but they don't want yeah. to take in the whole Bible. Yeah, give me all the literal where I don't have, to have any faith for it, and yeah. now we're good. You know. Yeah, I, I can't deal with the part that seem incredulous. You know, that seem mm-hmm. bigger than what's possible. That just mm-hmm. seem over the top. Those are those yeah. are just that that kind of miracle yeah. stuff can't happen. Well. While at the same time, they have to say that God is a creator and he created everything (laughs) at some point, which like, isn't that a miracle in and of itself? Exactly. Either all of it or none of it. Yeah. So, so your point of, you know, we don't, we don't come to the Bible to, to change it. We come to the Bible, let it change us. And and because we know the Bible is true, then we, we approach it that way. Yeah. If, if it, if it can foretell the end times that we're now living in, Mm -hmm. then it is true. Yeah. I didn't need that. I didn't need it to do that for me yeah. to know it, but that is just one more time. Exactly. All right. Here's a second big takeaway I think we get from finding these events happening in our day. Jesus made it clear that there would be an end time that would come, and there would be there'd be difficult times. And he said, mm-hmm. as a result, here's here's to be our takeaway: be ready. Yeah. We should be ready yeah. as a result of knowing this. Now I'm gonna read some passages here. Um, from Jesus' own words in Matthew 24, it says that that Jesus um, said to the disciples, he said, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. He's talking about the end times. Mm-hmm. He says, during this end time, there's going to be a lot of deception that will take place. He said in, in verse 6, he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, for the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. So Jesus is painting a pretty dystopian, bleak future about what's to come. And with all of this, he's going to lead to a grand statement, a grand here response to all of this. Here's what happens in, in verse 36. He says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Um, some versions add in right there, not even the sun knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So uh, Jesus points back to Noah and he says, just as in that day there was evil, there was debauchery, there was rebellion against God, and God prepared a way for Noah and his family to be rescued safely out. And when he did rescue them out, then judgment fell on the earth. The flood came. He said, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. There's coming a day that Jesus will return. There'll be a judgment that comes upon the earth, but he will remove his own as he did Noah. Verse 40, uh, then uh, two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do yeah. not know what hour your Lord is coming. And here's Jesus is coming up with a kind of conclusion as mm-hmm. to what we should do based on all this. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, here it is, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So Jesus pictures for us the end times and the Son of Man coming again. He says, here's the deal. You should be ready for this. You should be on guard. You should be alert to all of this because these times will come or this time will come unexpectedly. It will be catastrophic. It'll be deadly for those who miss it. Um, And there will be those who are caught off guard and unprepared. You know, it's it's sad because some people today will or would assume that because they are religiously active that they know the Lord. And I think Jesus is is drawing a line here saying, you better get ready for this day because you can deceive yourself into thinking you actually know him 
in that day, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And so uh, Jesus is is dropping, you know, some alert here to say, hey, everybody needs to be on guard and be ready for this day. So when you see things like digital currency appearing all of a sudden in news reports, it's an indication of, hey, the end times are closer than you thought. Be ready. Make certain your faith. Mm -hmm. This is the time to make certain your salvation. This is not the time to... Uh, just wonder if you're saved yeah. or to not be sure. This is the time to be certain. This is the yeah. time to talk to a pastor, talk to a friend, talk to yeah. somebody, um, make your faith certain, be baptized, yeah. walk in obedience to God, be ready. That's yeah. what Jesus said. And I think it's uh, first or second Peter, the beginning of it, it talks about, you know, do, by doing all of these things, you'll make your calling and election sure. Yes. You know, it's yes. like, be fruitful in every season. Always yes. be, you know, pursuing Christ and mm-hmm. be sure that mm-hmm. you have been called. Be sure mm-hmm. in the love that God has shown you. And even like Jesus talks about in John 14, by being obedient to him, he will show up in your life and mm-hmm. you will know mm-hmm. that he loves you and you will love him, right? Yeah. By loving him, you keep his commandments, right? You, yeah. you keep his commandments by showing your love for him. And whenever you're showing your love for him, you will be sure in his love for you and in yeah. being sure of his love for you, you're sure of the Father's love for you as well. And that yeah. all starts with obedience. You know, yeah. If you're walking in disobedience, how can you be sure? Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. now the time to be ready, be sure, and That's be true. obedient to the Lord. Yeah, it's sad. It's one of the saddest things to me is to see people walk in uncertainty of their faith. Yeah. If you're uncertainty in that, or if there is uncertainty in that, there's uncertainty in everything every, that you're doing. You're, yes. you're questioning every motive, every mm-hmm. thought, every action. Yep. You're second guessing, you're replaying, you're living in frustration, living in anxiety, living in fear, living in depression. That's what happens. And and Jesus invites us to know these things I've written, uh, yes. John writes, so that you, may, you may know, know that you have eternal yes. life. So you, you have confidence yes. in that. So uh, this is the day to be ready to know. Yeah. I, again, I'd encourage you, if you're walking in some uncertainty and doubt, mm-hmm. find someone. someone you can talk to <laughs> yes. to find out how can I be sure about my yeah. faith because there is a way. Yes. The Bible offers confidence in your faith exactly, yeah. through you, Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, you don't have to walk around saying, have I done enough? Am I good enough? Exactly. Do I think these bad things too yes. much? Am I sinning too mm. much? Is you know what is going on in my mind, in my life, and all this? Yep. But you can be sure of your salvation and your yes. your destination. You, you, you can be sure. You can actually know that you have peace with God. Yes. That's what the Bible tells yes. you. You can know that. There's a way to know. There's a way to walk in that. And the way Jesus frames the end time discussion is with that conclusion. Yeah. Therefore, be yep. ready. Yes. Be certain. Know for sure. Because mm-hmm. the times will only intensify regarding the deception and the distractions. So mm-hmm. be ready. All right. So that's I think that's kind of second big takeaway. But let's talk about the third one and the final one here. What's the takeaway when you we see things like the digital currency appearing on the scene? Is this. As the church, we should be awake and alert. Yeah. So Paul writes in Romans 13, verse 11, he says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Yep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. He wasn't talking about uh, your own personal salvation of being saved. He was talking about our redemption, our rescue, He said, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So this is Paul saying to believers, hey, the time of our redemption is drawing near. Make sure you are living awake. Don't mm-hmm. be asleep. Don't be lazy. Don't be caught up in the the frivolity of the world. Don't get caught up in the drunkenness, the lewdness, the lust, and the strife and the envy, all of that. 
He says that the day is coming, so therefore wake up. Yep. And I think that's a message, a takeaway for us when we start seeing end time mm-hmm. events fulfilled is, hey, it's time to wake up. I personally believe from Scripture that there is a rapture event that is coming that will precede the tribulation period and that this rapture, the removal of believers across the world, will be what kicks off a time of great trouble upon the earth and could even be what ignites the need for a digital currency. I don't know all of that for sure, but I can sure see that all playing out in Mm -hmm. that way. I think Scripture alludes to some of that. Regardless, as the church, we must be spiritually awake and alert and and not um, pray to what could overtake us and deceive us. So being spiritually alert, obviously, to deceptions and philosophies today. Uh, And as, as Paul says here, the awareness of that day coming should cause us to want to live more righteously, yeah. to be more persistent in that. Yep. Absolutely. To yeah. Because here's the deal. I'm not living righteous to be saved. Exactly, yeah. I have been saved, therefore I'm living righteously. My righteousness now is more for the benefit of validating the gospel through my life. Yes, exactly. Like this call is not for yourself. It's not, hey, live righteously so that hopefully God will accept you one day. You <laughs> exactly. know, it's it's not for not what it is. the gain of, of anything for your own self, but it is all for the others. Yeah. You know, you live righteously because Jesus is righteousness in your yep. account. Yep. And it's to others so that they also would be ready, would be awake, that they would, yeah. you know, come to the realization that they are not walking in that same way. Again, yeah, it's not so that I can say, hey, I'm better than you. Look at me. Yeah, no, it's not, not that. at all. Not at all. It's so that our life validates the gospel, mm-hmm. that I'm laying down my life for yeah. others. I'm living in, in sincerity yeah. and in truth and humility and righteousness. That's the that's the the loudness of the gospel yeah, today to exactly. to the world around us. Yeah. And that takes courage though. It takes yeah. it takes tremendous yeah. courage and courage will always divide. It will always mm-hmm. it will always draw a line and it will always make people choose which way, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yep. So it ought to wake us up to be alert. It ought to wake us up to live righteously. It ought to wake us up to be active as the church. Mm-hmm. Um people uh, it's interesting, you know, Christians over time, whenever the end time talk hits the table, uh, they tend to go in a couple different directions. One of one of the directions is, hey, we need to hide. Let's hide, yeah. you know. It, it's all coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sad. That you find there's those who want to hide. There's those who want to fight. There's those who want to run. Yeah. I just, I don't see that as a consistent nope motivator from scripture as to what we're to do in light of the head time, yeah. the end times, in light yeah. of the end times, we should be driven more toward obedience. Mm-hmm. We should be driven toward compassion toward others. We mm-hmm. should be in, 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 driven toward involvement in the church. Yeah. Uh, if the church is the pillar and the ground of truth, then yeah. it ought to be the time that Christians rally together. It ought to be mm-hmm. at the time that the church is stronger than it ever has been. And the church is the one. The church is the only one given the responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to go there forward and make yeah. disciples, to baptize. So this ought to be the time that the church is really gearing up and yeah. getting sure and and being yeah. confident and moving forward. Yeah. It's also the only thing that is said that the gates of hell will not prevail against. That's true. <laughs> Why spend any time going elsewhere? Yeah. If you're going to run to anything, you ought to be running to the church. Just go to the yeah, one that God promised will not be destroyed. Yeah, you're you're... Your hunkering in your bunker is not going to get you against the gates of hell. Sucker's going to destroy. It. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, it ought to. It ought to also encourage us and motivate us to really clarify our reasons for living. You yep. know, here in the world that we live in, we all make choices every day as to how we're going to spend our money, yep. how we're going to spend our time, what's going to get our focus, what's going to get our attention, what we're going to direct everybody else to. And the Bible is clear that our our motivation for living ought to be the glory of God, but especially in light of the end times. One more passage from the New Testament. This is 1 Corinthians 3. It's Paul writing again, and he says, According to the grace of God which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. Mm-hmm. But let each one take heed how he build, builds, how he builds on it, for no other foundation can 
anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. So Paul's saying you can choose to build your life or build the church, build mm-hmm. your faith on a lot of things. You can start it on the foundation of Jesus. You have to. But then what you build on top of that, whether it is going to last or not, whether it's wood, hay, and straw, whether it's gold, silver, and precious stones, he says there's one thing that will determine what was eternal. And he says it is the day will declare it. Yep. It's a There's a day coming, he says. And when that day declares, he says, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test each one's work and what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. I don't think anybody wants to cross the finish line and have everything that you've ever done just burned up and think, yeah. well, I made it in, but everything else I did in my whole life was worthless. Worthless, you yeah. Know, all the time, energy, talent, money, relationships, all of that burned up because it was worthless. You want to enter in to heaven knowing, wow, I, I gave stuff. and yeah. it was it was worth it. I sacrificed. It was worth mm-hmm. it. I built my life on these things. It was worth it. And you enter in and you still have those precious stones and yeah. lives with you yeah. in that in that end, but not wasted priorities. So yeah. awareness of those end times ought to motivate us to reevaluate our priorities. Yeah. It ought to absolutely cause us to evaluate, am I storing up treasures in heaven or am I just storing up treasures in my, you know, wallet, wallet, right. retirement yep. fund, which digital currency is going to wipe all that out anyway. <laughs> um, Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves yep. break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven yeah. where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So in times discussion, yeah, maybe maybe alarming, but should give us uh, great awareness of considering yeah. Absolutely. How we're living, what we're living for, and even being ready. If you're going to be prepped for anything, Peter writes and says, hey, be ready to give a defense for the the hope that you have. The hope. That, be yeah. ready for that. Yeah. So all of this, to me, I'll, I'll close with a story here that I heard years ago. Um, there's a, a pastor still alive today, John Piper, um, powerful pastor and um, one who clearly uh, teaches the word of God and teaches it very clearly. Mm-hmm. In 2000, he was speaking at um, uh, an event called the Passion Conference. It was the fourth one they'd had at that point. It was an outdoor event, and there were 40,000 college students. That's a lot. Uh, you think about 40,000 40, college students gathered to worship God and to hear from God. And, uh, and stories about that day, John Piper says, you know, he's filled with a little bit of uncertainty and, you know, nervousness yeah. about this and praying for God to speak to him and through him. He says the weather was, you know, not the best. It was, it was kind of warm. The circumstances were rough. They weren't really equipped for all the restrooms and breaks and space they needed for forty thousand college students. But he had prayed and he stood up. He said the wind was blowing. He lost half his notes off of his stand, and Terrible. but God spoke through him. And and what he had to say, the story he told, one story in particular, um, has really kind of been etched in kind of permanent memory for a lot of folks. And I want to tell that story today because it fits with what we're talking about here as you approach the end times and really kind of reconsidering why we do what we do, what should we do? So um, John Piper told the story about two women that had been in their church. They were in their eighties and these women in their retirement were giving themselves to helping the uh, less fortunate have medical medical care. They were nurses and he, he told their names and he told their, where they were serving and he told the sad story that they were driving one day and they lost their brakes and they went off a cliff and they died. Hmm. And he says, you know, was this, is this a tragedy? You know, that here in their 80s, um, they were giving themselves away hmm. to help other people. They were using the latter years of their lives uh, for the purpose of, of 
demonstrating Jesus Christ to others. He said, is that a tragedy? He asked the crowd, is that a tragedy? And they all said, no, it's not a tragedy. And then uh, John Piper then responded with this. This is probably the part that stands out to everybody that has read this story before or heard it. He said he, he pulled out a page from uh, uh, Reader's Digest, and he read a story in it. And in that story, uh, he read about a couple, Bob and Penny, who took their early retirement from their jobs, very successful jobs. And um, he was 59, she was 51, and they were taking their retirement to live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they would cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect seashells. They were spending their the latter years of their life with all that they had, with all their energy, just collecting seashells. And mm-hmm. Piper goes on to say, that is a great tragedy. There is a system out there in place today that wants to yeah. sell you a life of um, n- neglect for following Jesus, live for yourself, live for your own comfort, live yeah. for your own ease, and just collect the meaningless trinkets of life, seashells on a seashore. And that stuck in a generation's mind. And uh, John Piper went on and and talked about how uh, he said, don't, don't spend your life chasing seashells when eternity is in view. Instead, live for Jesus. And he, he quoted uh, a man named C.T. Studd who said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So yeah. I think it really drives this point that you think about the end times. You can get alarmed. You can panic. You might prep. You might run. But the thing we should do, based on what Jesus said, what the Bible affirms, is we should be ready. We should be awake. We should be alert. And we should be active in yeah. living as the church in this day. So uh, fascinating days in which we live. Mm. Uh, you know, we, uh, I'm sure for you, uh, you're thinking about raising children yep. in this time and wondering, okay, God, what in the world? Uh, yep. Why Why this time, this this place, in this way? But by faith, you, you move forward mm-hmm. and you deal, you respond to that, not with fear, no, but with with great faith. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and saying, all right, I've I've asked the question a lot, like why why this generation, why at this age, why were we born here, mm-hmm. and then why now do I have a child that's three months old, and mm-hmm. what is her life going to look like, and mm-hmm. then having to say, I don't understand all of that, mm-hmm. but according to your word, we're still going to. Yes raise up a generation that's faithful. Yep. We're still going to believe the word. We're still going to believe God's promises. And we're going to live a life outwardly that demonstrates the light to try to bring others in, even in the midst of insanity. Yeah. And a try, you know, an attempt to bring peace to all of the craziness yep. of life. Even in the midst of digital currency. Yep, yeah. absolutely. All right, well... Uh, I hope that brings encouragement to you today. This is not yeah. the time to be afraid. This is the time no. to be bold in yep. faith and, and join up with the church yep. and uh, lock arms, believe, affirm your faith, find confidence and certainty in it, and live with your all for Jesus Christ. These are, yep. these are uncertain days because of what's happening on the earth, but these are certain days because of what's happening in eternity. Yep. It's good stuff. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, it's our prayer that it brings great strength, peace, and hope to you as you lift him up and live him out. We'll keep doing that here. Check out some of our other videos on the podcast yeah. page. And uh, we hope to see you face-to-face at Vertical sometime.